Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Jennifer Sturge to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Jennifer, it's so nice to have you here with us today, and we'd love to hear a little bit about your background working with school libraries. Thank you for inviting me and for having me, because it's always very exciting to talk about libraries. (laughs) Um, So a little bit of background about me. Um, I actually started my career many, many years ago, um, back in 1994 as a special education teacher. Uh, Yeah, I taught special education for 13 years um, and worked on my master's um, from Mansfield University and have a master's in um, education with a concentration in school library and educational technology. Okay. Um, and then, in, and it was their very first online cohort that uh, I got into back when online was a baby thing and uh, we really didn't quite know how it was going to work. Um, they were, it was great um, online courses. And then we would go to Harrisburg and meet either on the weekends or for like a two week period, we'd stay in a hotel and do okay. experiences. So oh, still making you have a face-to-face time at some point. Yeah, so we still yeah. had that face-to-face time. Um, and I actually started as a, a school librarian in 2006 at an elementary school, Sunderland Elementary. Um, and then in 2010, I moved to the central office and um, became a technology integration specialist because I love technology. Mm-hmm. And then that morphed um, into me becoming the specialist for school libraries. And so I have been overseeing 22 school librarians um, in our district for the past six years. Mm-hmm. It's the best job in the world. Um, I love the people that I work with. And um, that is really the background on my library experience. That's good. And that's so I'm so glad that in your district that they have someone like you in central office, because, you know, as I meet more and more librarians across America and the world, you know, they don't all have that kind of support. So that's, that's awesome. Your district does that. Um, Maryland is really wonderful. Um, we have somebody for every county um, they, they may have an additional role or two, like I um, am the specialist for school libraries, but I also support four schools with instructional technology. Okay. Um, but my main focus is the school library. Okay. And so, so what it, kind of things do you, what kind of, what's your day or week like? What, how would you describe that? Um, it's different every single week. <laughs> so with COVID, there was a lot of supporting the school librarians as they supported teachers mm-hmm. and um, doing a lot of professional development with them so that they in turn could um, work with their teachers on learning how to use our learning management system and using all of our online resources. Um, and then also I would split my time supporting teachers uh, who were teaching students not only face-to-face but also teach students who were at home because okay. we did a hybrid model yeah. um, so supporting them with the technology. Okay. Um, typically my week looks like me spending as much time as possible in the school libraries because that is my happy place yes. um, with 22 of them and our our district is an entire county 
and it takes an hour to drive from one end to the other. Oh, wow. So one day I might start at the Southern schools and just go in support. I might help weed a little, um, you know, work with some teachers, watch the collaborations that are going on and then move on to another school. Um, I do, uh, I do all of the ordering and, um, I also support the supervisors at the central office okay. who are the content supervisors. And so I might meet with them to, um, help them learn how to utilize our tools as well. Okay. Very good. And um, before we started recording, we actually also chatted a little bit that you do some online college work. So yes. what, what do you do with that? So I teach for the University of Maryland um, as an adjunct, and every once in a while, I also teach for Wayne State um, in Detroit when they have a a need to fill um, a class. I teach the children's literature, and I teach young adult literature. Um, For University of Maryland, I also teach the school library track, and I teach the class that is sort of the, the... cornerstone of what does a school librarian do? Yeah. I love for people to hear all the extra things because when you're just starting out, you may not realize your degree can lead you on, you know, to other, other advanced careers so that you've had several opportunities. It sounds like you've been able to take advantage of. So that's, that's absolutely. And I think one of the most gratifying things about teaching, um, in the the college program is when the students graduate and they tell me they've gotten their first school library job. Yes. It's so exciting. It kind of renews your own passion about things. Yeah, it does. And I love to look at it through their eyes because they're they're learning. Yeah. It's wonderful. Okay. So where you are um, in Maryland, what are the requirements to be a school librarian there? I'm pretty sure you're the first one from Maryland I've talked to. So you have to have teacher certification. Okay. Um, and then you need to have either your MLIS, MLS, or school library certification certificate. Okay. Um, and so we do have quite a few people that go through, um, and I believe it's 18 credits. Okay. And, it, and it's a certification that you can get um, that you have to have a master's, but then you can get that certification added on. Okay. Very good. All right. And Jennifer, you, you first came to my attention because I saw that you were, uh, you won a big award recently. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about the Movers and Shakers Award and, and, and how, what, what it was that you were recognized for with that. Um, with the, well, it was such an amazing honor. First of all, I, um, so funny how it came about. Um, I was president of the Maryland Association of School Librarians last year and one of my school librarians was served as a member at large. Okay. And for weeks, she kept saying to me, Jen, like you do all this stuff. Do you have a resume? And I'm like, well, yeah, I do. And like, <laughs> she kept saying, well, can you send me your resume? I'd like to see it. And I'm like, why would you want to say <laughs> I don't get it. Right. So finally, um, she just flat out got mad at me and was like, look, <laughs> we are trying to nominate you for this award and I need your resume. So um, I was um, recognized for being an educator okay. uh, for the movers and shakers. And really it, my passion is having students see themselves inside their school library. And so we have worked very hard in my school district to weed 
to create collections that are diverse and to have books that are windows and mirrors and that really reflect um, our students. Okay. And so that was um, what I talked about when I was recognized for that education piece was how we have taken that I've educated my librarians about how important it is to have diverse collections. Okay, awesome, very awesome. And that to me, that's like a like a lifetime achievement award. You know, so many people <laughs> just see that and think, oh, I could never, but so congratulations to you. That's quite an honor that you've gotten there. But, but you can, right? Like <laughs> I am just an like just, I'm just me. Like there is nothing particularly like special or outstanding and so it, it all just comes down to what you do with what you have I think. Mm -hmm. Good point. So uh, well let's talk a little bit about um, about your early days in the library um, <laughs> <Yes>. and <laughs> I love stories because a lot of my listening audience are the early career people and and you know they there's so many struggles and new things and I just love them to hear that you know, it gets better <laughs> and, and that there, everybody has these experiences similar, you know, at the beginning of their time. So tell us something that you remember about the beginning. Well, first off, I can remember, you know, I'm, I'm old, so I've taught for a long time, but I can remember coming from a special education background where I maybe had a maximum of nine students. In okay. my classroom, right. So I go to the elementary library and there's suddenly 30 kids. There were so many of them. I can't even, I mean, there just so many. And I had fifth grade. It was the very first class I ever had. And I thought, okay, you've got this. And I'm trying to be like, you know, Miss Cool and everything. And like the, the hip librarian and this kid pops a wheelie on his sneakers. Do you remember those sneakers? The wheelies, yes. <laughs> yes. And just goes shooting across the library. Like, and I, realized at that very moment that I didn't have any idea what I was doing. <laughs> I had no control and that maybe I had really probably should have thought about my processes and my routines a little bit more before the first day of school. It's very eye-opening. Um, kindergarten was terrifying to me. They Teachers would come in and they dropped them off the first day of school and they were so little and they just looked you know, it just broke your heart. Like you, they just wanted to be with their moms, you know, yeah. they didn't want to be yeah. here with this like stranger and um, learning how kindergarten, you do things in 10 minute chunks mm -hmm. and um, like kind of like how to navigate six different grade levels, um, kindergarten through fifth grade and make those switches because they happened really quickly. Mm -hmm. There was no time between classes. It was one teacher left, the next one came. Um, also, it was just when I started in 2006, that was just when the technology was really becoming a reality and learning to navigate, um, leveraging the technology that we did have with students. Um, parents were very resistant in the school I was at to having their children on the computer. Um, and so kind of figuring that out was a huge stumbling block for me. And I did make a lot of mistakes in the beginning and I learned from them and continued to change what I did. Okay. I went along. That's good. And you, 
my background is real similar to yours. I don't have the Healy story, but you know, the elementary <laughs> things and um, with kinder. And I just remember my role at the beginning of every year um, as a librarian, I was just to take care of the crying kindergartners. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, parents drop them off and leave, and I, I would not have library like the first week, maybe two weeks. My whole job was to go because we had half day kinder in the morning and a different half day come in in the afternoon. And yeah. my, my whole job was just to to comfort crying kindergartners the first couple of weeks at school. So. No. It's just it's so hard because they're just so little. Yes. But yeah. they also are some of the most rewarding students mm -hmm. um, that you work with because you see them grow so much over that year. Yeah. And they just come in knowing like not how to do school yeah. to being these just amazing little humans. Yeah. yeah. Very competent ones. That's good. Okay. So still thinking to back in time, Jennifer, is there anything somebody could have told you that would have just been like the perfect advice that you would have loved to know? Yes. And the, you don't have to do everything at once. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually um, looking at this right now. We rarely have a lot of turnover in our district and we had um, several retirements this year. Okay. And so I have several new librarians and they're so excited and I love it. And they are wonderful balls of energy and just are bringing this enthusiasm. But in talking with one today, she's like, and I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. And what do you think about this? And I'm like, slow down, take a deep breath. It doesn't all have to happen today or this year. Right. Um, make yourself a three-year plan and decide, see where you want to be in three years. What are those things that you have to get done now? And what are those things that you can put off? Mm -hmm. Because really the teaching and the interacting with our kids and our students, that is what we should be focusing on first. Right. The rest, the rest comes. I mean, yeah. it just falls in place. And were y'all open last year for face-to-face? -face? So we, we were virtual until um, January and then we came back hybrid. Um, okay. And so we had A and B cohorts and then the kids that were at home were on a Teams meeting and mm -hmm. then the other kids were face-to-face -face in the library. Okay. So yes. we are fully open this year. Okay. So even just that adjustment alone, you know, is, is crazy. <laughs> so being realistic and what you're saying, you know, keeping that simple, that simple focus and, and that's going to get you through because um, it will, it will all fall into place for sure. Okay. All right. So talking about that pandemic, what, what did you see as kind of like the biggest um, takeaways and it could be yours or maybe even the librarians that you help support teachers need us they may not have realized it quite as much to the extent that they needed us prior to the pandemic but when everything went online it gave us the chance to really shine mm -hmm. and to show that we were the experts in the instructional technology we were the experts in getting them to the resources that they needed. We were the experts in getting them to their eBooks, the providing the professional development. Um, they, they, I, and the principals and administrators, I think they really realized that the school librarians, they had the know-how to kind of hold things together. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that was one of the biggest takeaways um, for me. The other one is that 
we actually had Fridays were asynchronous days and we had professional development and we had time to meet with each other. Okay. And that's the first time really prior to last year, we would meet once a month as a team for a half day. Um, and last year we got to meet once a week and having those relationships was invaluable. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, even just because they were going through something similar to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. this just knowing I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to be okay. So what about at a professional level for yourself? What do you, what did you, what was your, how did this change you professionally? I um, realized it's okay to slow down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I, we spent the last year, um, scrambling, feeling like we were up to our eyeballs all the time and that it's okay to take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I had been putting myself out there in so many different places and serving on so many different committees. And I didn't realize how quickly I was moving. Hmm. And the pandemic made me slow down and realize that I can just appreciate the things that are around me and take a deep breath. Yeah. That's good. And so many people, I mean, self-care, you know, became kind of a buzzword, I think last year, but it was, it's so true Yeah, that we really, I think self-awareness happened for a lot of people um, or a deeper self-awareness happened for a lot of people. And during that time, we realized that need for self-care, you know, that that was the only way we were going to be able to, to get through that. Okay. So Jennifer, you talked a lot about, um, at the beginning, you mentioned that, that, your collection, the collection development at your district was something that you really, really focused on. I mean, like I said before, your district is really lucky to have someone like you. So let's kind of talk about that process and what you did and and, um, what it took to go through what you've been working on because some people don't have that kind of leadership. So tell us about your collection development. So we started thinking about this probably three, four years ago. Um, I was working with uh, Mr. Sandy Walker, who is our supervisor of equity and diversity. Okay. And um, we were looking at ways that the school librarians could support our students. And um, one of the things that we talked about was making sure that our collection encompassed everybody that was in our building and people who were not in our buildings. And so... um, That conversation sparked me attending some professional developments on um, diversity audits. And then I worked with our um, representative from Follett and he actually developed with some of his engineers this like super complicated spreadsheet. And (laughs) um, we utilized this Follett spreadsheet, which eventually became their diversity audit tool um, in, in Title Wave um, to kind of get us started. And we chose one area to look at. And so we started easy, honestly. We started with biographies and um, started taking a look at what was in our biography section and what um, just didn't belong there anymore. And so that was our first step. And so everybody had to take a look at their biographies, decide what to keep, what to get rid of, what to deselect, and 
bring in more diverse titles into their biography section. And then we continued on with other sections of our school library. Mm -hmm. And this is actually really kind of funny. And sometimes I hate to say this, but one of my librarians, Mary Brooke, she is really quick and very clever. And the one day I was in her library and I went around to all the different school libraries and offered to help them weed because they're busy. They don't have yeah. time. It's a lot of time intensive. <laughs> it is. And, you know, they, I, I just felt like this was somewhere I could help them and kind of take care of some things for them. And so I was in her library and I had like stacks and stacks of just weeded stuff. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is like the book purge. And then she said, it's the purge with Sturge. And it just stuck. And so everyone knows that if I'm coming in, it's going to be the purge with Sturge. We're going to take a look at what's in there. We're going to weed. And then we're going to select what to bring back into our libraries. Um, I actually did my dissertation on LGBTQ plus titles and collection development in school libraries. And that was very eye-opening um, mm -hmm. to me about what we were lacking in mm -hmm. our libraries. And so we're, we're focusing on that um, as well this year. Okay. So, yeah. I know that was a big circle. Why would I, I kind of went around it? I didn't quite go straight to the point for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. But even thinking about that, you know, the idea you were comfortable, you know, at the central office level saying it's okay to get rid of massive amounts of books, but when people start out, that's scary. It's uh, very I, scary. And um teachers will see you and they will see the books coming out and they'll try to take them mm -hmm. because it's a book and you can't get rid of it, but mm -hmm. it is okay to get rid of it. And as a new librarian, it is okay to get rid of it. Yeah. You, you know, you learn your students, you know what they need and you know, it's okay. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I do want to put out a quick public service announcement though, make sure you find out what your district wants you to do with those books. Um, you know, I was always in one district and I knew the one way my district did it, but there's different rules everywhere. Some will say, oh no, this was bought with so-and-so funds. It needs to go to the auction house and the auction house will then decide what they're going to do with it. Or no, it's okay. We want things to go um, to the trash because you said this is for the trash. And others will say, no, you give them away even though we don't want to give them away because we know, you know, it's outdated and not quality anymore, but do find out what your district's rules are. <laughs> that is really good advice. I mean, we do have a form that you fill out and your principal signs on it. I sign on it. The director of instruction signs on it. So, so yeah. it is a process. Yeah. So did you have any principals that were kind of adverse to um, we big weeding jobs like that? There were a few. Okay. And so how did, how did any advice for dealing with, with their comments? Um, I have a script. Okay. I have it's not memorized, but I have a little paragraph that I have for some of the school librarians, especially the new ones, mm -hmm. that um, they can say this statement okay. and tell their principal that they can reach out to me. Okay. That's good. I don't know if you're willing to share that script. <laughs> If, if you are, maybe another person's central office could adopt it and modify it and make it their own. Sure. Because <laughs> no, I mean, it is scary. And, and I think another thing, too, for any experienced librarians who are listening or even for the newbies, ask an experienced librarian to go to, to weed with you, you know, that first time that yours were lucky to have you alongside with them. But having somebody there 
letting you know just in your ear yes yes <laughs> Susan um Gaucher who is the um East Baton Rouge yes yes, yes. Mm-hmm. she actually um inspired me to to be the one that went in to do the weeding because she does that and one of the things that she's able to do and I'm not able to do is bring other librarians with her to the school and she they will weed and she will allow the librarian whose home billing it is to take Mm -hmm. back five books and that's it five okay (laughs) (laughs) and I just think that that's so funny (laughs) That is, that, that really is. Okay, but what you're saying is so true. Even though you are reducing the number of books up front, um, you're helping the kids find things easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, you would think there's not as much there for them to choose from, but no, they choose it even more because now they can see it. You know, it's not yeah. crammed in there. And you can turn books to face out. Mm-hmm. So can, yes, it's, it's wonderful. And, you know, Years ago, I used to think like he who dies with the biggest collection wins, but now it's he who dies with the best curated collection. There you go. That's good. I guess I should say she who. We have lots of she's, that's for sure. That's part of our diversity we need to work on (laughs) in our field. Okay. Um, Still thinking about collection development. So when you were moving on from there, because you talked about and then being, I don't know if you said more selective, but you were then making decisions about what you were going to put back. Can you talk a little bit about your collection development policy? We do have a collection development policy. It's very broad. Um, Essentially, books have to have two positive reviews from a a source like School Library Journal or Kirkus or... Um, and then they can be included in the, the collection. I do encourage um, school librarians to use sites like We Need Diverse Books and um, take a look at Lee and Lowe books um, and to work with the vendors mm-hmm. as, as they're thinking about what they need to add. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that um, we use are the tools that we use Destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are so many good tools in there that you can utilize to look at your age, your circulation. Um, Of course, that the new diversity audit is a great starting place, Um, but really you need to actually physically touch all the books. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a school librarian at Beach Elementary School, Casey Grenier. She spent a whole year, she literally pulled out every book. She made herself this spreadsheet and on the spreadsheet, it had different questions that she would check off. Like, does it have an animal as a main character? Is there a person of color? Like, and, and she would go through every, she went through every book. It was amazing. <laughs> I don't know where she found the time or the energy. Um, but those are some of the things that we think about when we're selecting is using the resources that are available to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it's really helpful to just know that they are there. Yeah. And if you are a new school librarian, um, learn how to run the reports that are in your yeah. system. Yeah, because I, I can remember there's some that will tell you, uh, you can run reports on books that haven't been checked out for five years or more, you know, something like that. There's just a lot of different parameters you can set up um, to really find, but even then it might be a great book. You just haven't had it visible. <laughs> 
Okay. And I'm just thinking some more. Another thing I saw one time, this was a librarian totally on her own. So she did not have time to like do a whole weeding or a whole um, inventory kind of thing. So she's, she got caution tape, you know, that yellow caution tape, and she would block off one section at a time, like the, the A authors and her fiction. She would caution tape it off and nobody could touch that part. And as she could found time, you know, she would go and work in the A's, you know, mm -hmm. and then she'd move her tape to the next part. But she eventually, you know, was able to work her way, you know, around the whole library. But yeah, it, it's hard to fit that in, especially if you're on your own. And especially if you are on a fixed schedule, mm -hmm. like our elementaries are on a fixed schedule and they are going from the time they walk in to the time they leave. No, yeah. but five minutes, five minutes just to pick a shelf. <laughs> That's all you got. Um, so do you have any other kind of first tips for people as they're starting out? Again, it doesn't all have to be done at one time. Choose one thing, one thing that you're interested in, one thing that you might be a little bit more passionate about um, and, and focus on that as you start out and the other things will come. Yeah. Okay. So Jennifer, as we're starting to wrap our time up together, um, you are super busy doing a whole lot of things like you mentioned earlier, but what do you do to keep growing and to keep learning yourself? My husband um, actually just texted me today and said, since you have all this time on your hands, our children are off to college. Mm -hmm. um, my daughter's a senior at, at Maryland. My son just started his freshman year at Clarion and my husband just retired. So, it's, you know, <laughs> I, he said, what are you going to do with yourself? And I said, well, maybe I'll start a second doctorate. And he texted back like, ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> so just to kind of keep myself sharp, I did, um, I did earn my doctorate in April, 2021. Um, and my, my research was on collection development of LGBTQ plus materials okay. and the library environment and how that influences our collection habits. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was how I kept myself sharp the past few years. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was exhausting, but so worth it. Um, I also always try to attend conferences and webinars. If AASL is offering, like they offered the town halls last mm -hmm. fall and spring, I attended the town halls. Um, I attend virtual conferences. Mm -hmm. I used to attend face-to-face -face conferences. Um, and I got involved with my state organization. And for people who are just coming into the profession, that would be a huge piece of advice that I would have yeah. is join your state organization. Um, join it, see what they have to offer. And then when you feel like you're stable on your feet and you've got this librarian gig down, mm -hmm. volunteer for something. It doesn't have to be huge, just volunteer for something. And um, so that's kind of how I grew in my connections was through my state organization. I'm also active in AASL. Um, if you are going to the conference in um, October, I was one of the co-chairs for the planning committee. So all those wonderful sessions, um, I had a hand in that. Um, I serve on the Knowledge Quest editorial board and I'm the chair for the supervisor section. So when I tell you to practice self-care and slow down, <laughs> I'm thinking maybe I need to take my own advice. <laughs> Definitely. But that's how I, I keep myself sharp because if you keep to yourself, 
you're never, you're not going to grow. If you build your network and um, step out of your comfort zone, then you will grow as a school librarian. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay, so you mentioned your your study on the LGBT plus materials. Mm -hmm. Did you end up at the end? Um, I don't know if you've written articles about it, but do you have a handout or a summary of kind of key findings that you could share with our audience? So um, I did publish my dissertation and I'm actually in the process of working on turning it into an article, I'm hoping to submit it soon. Um, and I also um, put in a proposal to present about it at ALA. Okay. Um, I will say that there are some amazing things happening in our school libraries, but we still have some room to grow. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I know, um, Jennifer, also that you had mentioned you do adjunct faculty work, and I know that's definitely uh, makes you stay on your toes learning about things, you know, being up yeah. on the readings that you have in your students read. Um, and let's also see if, if any of our listeners are wanting to connect with you, mm -hmm. where are they going to be able to find you online? So I am on Twitter. Um, at Sturge J. So you can find me there. Okay. Um, and I do tweet uh, every once in a while. I, some, I go in spurts, like I tweet a whole lot and then I'm quiet. Like, <laughs> just depends on what I have to say. Um, I'm also on Facebook um, slash Jennifer Foringer Sturge and I'm on Instagram as well, Sturge J. Okay. Well, Jennifer, it's been a pleasure meeting you today and just kudos to you again for uh, winning the Movers and Shakers Award. That's a, a huge honor and um, you've shared so much about collection development and, and really making people think about uh, the processes they, they go through um, as they're looking at weeding <laughs> as well as building their collection. And I know your district's very lucky to have you there. So it's been really nice chatting with you today. Oh, it's been wonderful chatting with you as well. Thank you for asking me. Ah, you're welcome. You have a great day and I'll talk to you another time. Okay, thank you. Bye.